Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Twirl Talk Podcast. I am your host, Liz Cox, and y'all, it's December. How? How in the world are we already here? I don't know, but Christmas is right around the corner, so I'm not complaining. I love Christmas time, and you know, I figured as our gift to you this holiday season, (laughs) we will kick off December with the most anticipated podcast episode to date, my conversation with the one and only Ben Higgins. If you hear that name and think, uh, who's Ben? Well, you might have been living under a rock, but it's cool. We'll give you some grace. (laughs) For those of you who do not know who Ben Higgins is, let me just tell you. People may know Ben best from his time on season 20 of ABC's The Bachelor. That's right, this dude dated 25-ish women at the same time on national television. So we talk about that a lot today, but also Ben does a ton of other incredible things. He is the co-founder of a for-profit company called Generous International. Generous is a company dedicated to giving profits to social issues around the world, starting with coffee. Generous is a company designed to change the way the world views consuming products. With Generous, every product purchase will go towards supporting causes that make the world a better place. It's incredible. And the coffee, y'all, seriously, it's so good. It's so, so good. And actually, the organization that kind of spurred on the birth of Generous is Humanity and Hope United. The reason I bring up Humanity and Hope and Generous, obviously, because they're correlated with Ben's episode, but stay tuned to the very, very end of this episode because we have an incredible opportunity for you guys to partner with us as we partner with Humanity and Hope to raise funds for the Grain Farm, which I'm going to explain at the very end. So please, please, please listen all the way through so that you can hear not only Ben's heart and passion for what they're doing through these organizations, but also you can be a part of it with us too. Y'all, I think you're just really going to love this episode. We talk everything from Ben's experience on The Bachelor to some dating and relationship advice he's learned along the way, his faith, just all sorts of stuff and kind of just how it all blends together for his life today and what it looks like. And y'all, he's just... He's as good of a guy as he seems. I mean it. Maybe even better when he get <laughs> to talk to him in real life. But I'm just so thrilled he agreed to have a conversation with us and that we get to partner with him now in what he's doing today. So guys, I really hope you're encouraged and inspired by this conversation and just enjoy getting to know Ben Higgins on maybe a level you didn't before this. So without further ado, <laughs> sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Ben Higgins. Guys, we have Ben Higgins in the house today. Yep, I'm here. Yep, you're here. We're so excited. We're going to do like rapid fire questions. Okay. So people, you know, you're like on this pedestal right now as Ben Higgins, The Bachelor. But I'm like, let's bring it down. Like this yeah. is like Ben Higgins, normal Ben Higgins. No, it won't take long. Okay, you ready? Yeah. You're, are you nervous? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm excited. <laughs> I just can't wait to see what you came up with. Don't, don't get that excited. All right. Are you morning person or night owl? Morning, hundred percent. I can tell. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, don't function after like ten o'clock. Me neither. I went to bed at nine o'clock last night. No, I, I don't like to go to bed amazing. too early because I feel like I'm missing out. That but there's was really like early. ten to eleven thirty hour that if I can get to bed then I'm good. And then I right? love waking up early. There's something about the morning that just is crisper. I like that. that. Yeah. No. And you live in Colorado, so it's all the more. Yeah. Yeah. There's right? a reason to wake up in the morning. Yeah. 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 All right, Mr. Coffee, how do you like your coffee? Black. Completely I black. I had a feeling. I had a feeling that was going to be your answer. 
Yeah, so there's a few things that you learn about me as we become fast friends. I enjoy to get my taste buds rattled. And so uh, I'm a big bourbon fan. Uh, go Lexington. I, uh, I love my coffee black. I like, since college, I've had this tobacco pipe that I've smoked like maybe once a week since college. That's like, I have this certain flavor that I love, like when I read. You're I like, an old man. I'm an old man. And... <laughs> There's a, there's a reason. Okay. So one is I like to feel like I can like I like to taste something like I, I like the black. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I, I want to go I want to taste it all or nothing at all. And then yeah. the second piece is I think I have this underlying fear of aging that I haven't quite figured out yet. And so I I think as a child I started to practice things that I knew I'd want to do when I'm 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Uh-huh. Um, and so if I can start doing them now and enjoying them now, when I hit 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, they won't be new to me. They won't be transitions in life. They'll just be really good things in life. So uh, I am an old man, but I'm, I'm, I'm an intentional old man. I, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. That's good. Okay. Best concert you've ever been to? Lumineers, Red Rocks, Colorado Symphony Orchestra. It was raining out. It was September of 2015. Tears were flowing from my face. Tears were flowing from my friends' faces. It was a great night. My best concert was Red Rocks too. It was James Taylor, but Ooh, that would yeah. be for me. Oh. I've never seen him. Yeah, I also went to oh, Eric yeah. Church uh, and his acoustic set there with my parents. Oh yeah, that was really good. But Lumineers was it was like right after I moved out here. So there's just something special. There was some magic about it. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It was like a rainstorm when we went and saw James Taylor and it stopped raining. So the concert was delayed. The the rain stopped and then there were double rainbows behind the concert. Ooh, it was come on. right? You can't beat it. Red, Red Rocks, I've awesome. told people, I don't care who you see at Red Rocks. If you see somebody you at Red Rocks, go. it's gonna be good. Yeah. You could like see a two year old sing on the stage and you'd be like, I'm here for it. This is good. Yeah. That'd be nice. I mean, may- maybe get a little fancier than that, like someone you actually pay a ticket for, but... Maybe not. Maybe not. Do you, this boo. Is- Do you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Bucket list vacation spot that you have not been to yet. Good question. Um, You know, I think Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. My cousin lives there right now, and he's like, you got to come. Yeah, there's a couple things. One is it's inexpensive. Um, right. And I'm sure there's Love a thousand that. reasons why this is the case that's probably not good for the world and good for the country. But <laughs> for me, I enjoy things that are inexpensive. Um, I, I don't appreciate spending a lot of money. I don't do it well either. And so if I could find a place that's as beautiful as Thailand with the type of food and people that Thailand has and it's inexpensive, I feel like I'm I'm getting somewhere. I like it. When you go for a treat, savory or sweet? Uh, sweet. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You know what I like? Tell me. Strawberry rhubarb pie. I would not have pinned you for that. Okay. Yeah. So it's strawberry rhubarb pie with a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream. Mm. If I'm going to go out for sweets, that's what it's going to be. Or yeah. a brownie. One of those two things. There you go. You're not yeah. going to tempt me with many other things, but those two things you could tempt me with. You're like, I'd eat the whole thing. Yeah. I'd, eat, it's yeah, cool. I'd try to. Biggest pet peeve. Uh, self-describing. Or describing yourself, I guess, would be a better way to say that. Describing like you yourself. hate doing it or you hate I people hate doing it? I hate when people it. do it. So it's like if I'm on here right now and you're like, Ben, explain yourself to me. And I'm like, well, I'm an honest guy who loves people, who wants what's best for the world. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, surprise, surprise. So it drives me crazy because I just wish we, we would allow our actions and the way we treated people and the mm-hmm. way we looked at the world to explain ourselves. And we don't have to do it ourselves. Our, 
personally. So yeah, um, I don't know. For, I mean, it's great that this generation views themselves at such a high level, but it's also going to be <laughs> detrimental to the arrogant, yeah. of, our, of our people group. So yeah. that's my pet peeve. Drives me I crazy. love that. No, I love that. That's funny. You went like way deeper than with that than I thought you would, but I, I love it. There's boundaries here. There are no, there are okay. boundaries free. You're at the safe zone here, Ben. You're good. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Except my parents have a cat named Diamond and Diamond showed up to their front step in February of last year mm-hmm. and uh, was there for a couple days and they were like feeding him outside and then he accepted himself into the Oh, as a boy. Yeah. And he is a awesome cat. Like okay. a great cat. Yep, I love I love myself a little diamond. But other than that, I'm a big dog person. <laughs> uh, okay, good, good. That was gonna be a I was gonna say make or break, but it's fine. Big dogs or little dogs? Can't really break me. I know like, I can't I'm break you. Yeah. You're already here. We're committed. <laughs> We're in this. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you put me on this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's something you're weirdly particular about? Uh, the cleanliness of my bathroom. Okay. That's yeah. good for a man. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I think it's because I live in a really small house. Yeah. And I've guessed, and I, I think the worst thing that could happen is if my guests felt uncomfortable when they walked and in. They're and they're like, like oh. oh. Yeah. yeah. I'm like the same way. Like I remember when moving in, so I've been in here for like a year and a half and I was like, I just want this to be a space where people feel at home. It's not big or fancy or anything like that, but they feel at home in my place. You know, you have a roommate because your kitchen light just came on and off. No, that would be a ghost. Did it really? Yeah. Are you kidding? Uh, no, I'm serious. You could watch the video back. I promise. But I was saying that I enjoy that because I want somebody to walk into my home and feel like they could sit on any piece of anything and not get infected. And so I'm, that's kind <laughs> that's of That's good. Opinion. You've like upgraded from frat boy status. You're like, yeah. I'm a man now. Definitely. Yeah, that's good. And you know what else I'm getting oddly particular about? Let's hear it. This is new for me. Okay. Is plastic waste. And I, coming from the Midwest, this is this is something that is an unfamiliar territory for me. And it's not something I grew up with. But I really love the ocean and I've enjoyed scuba diving recently. And I, yeah. I'm i now starting to get pretty particular about what we're using because I, I think that we're, we're not um, – Treating the earth like the good Lord intended us to. And yeah. um, I think it's a problem. So I'm pretty particular about that too. So you're team paper straws. I'm team paper straws. And yes, I'm very much team. <laughs> All right, cool. You know, protect the ocean. Okay, what movie could you rewatch 100 times and never get sick of? 500 Days of Summer. Okay. Yeah. I. You, you're surprising me on all levels. No, it's a fantastic movie. It's a good it's movie. More, it's a it's fantastic It's more of a chick movie. flick than I expected you to say. Yeah. I was like, I was expecting like Shawshank Redemption or something. You know, I watch a lot of like fair, and I feel like today, like I, I watch a lot of fairly dark television shows. And so when I watch a movie, it's kind of more in like when I want to be uplifted. If, if I just yeah. want to get into like a dark space. I just watch a television show. Wait, isn't it weird that we choose that for ourselves? Like, yeah, I want to get. <laughs> it is. It's odd. I'm like, the world's dark enough. Let's just keep going. Yeah. Say something about it. Right? Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We're in this together. Okay. I already know the answer, but bourbon or beer? Mm, I don't drink beer. There we go. I drink Which Coors is- Light. I'll have a Coors Light every now and then, like. When I have a pizza, to, it's like just nice to to go back to my college days. But I had a parasite when I was in Honduras 
a couple years ago that actually allowed like forced my body to not be able to process eggs and when they're just alone standing alone or beer the enzymes like i don't break them down like the so, yeast. Yeah. yeah so when i have beer it, like makes my body like react terribly so and, and i enjoy bourbon i guess like it's not that i'm not saying this is medical it's like more of a choice but now you have an excuse to be I like oh sorry I can only drink yeah. bourbon. Yeah. And I got to keep the belly off, you know? Gosh. Yeah. The older you get, the harder it gets. It's like, oh. Almost mm. 30. Are you? When's your birthday? March 23rd, 1989. I just looked at this. I'm like at my six month birthday right now. <gasps> happy, happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate that. Glad we could celebrate. Nice. But let's let's give the people what they want. Let's talk okay. bachelor talk. Yes. How how did you get into this world? Like, how did you get on Caitlyn's season? Uh-huh. Did you vote for Caitlyn? Remember when poor guys had to vote for who they wanted? Yeah, that was a great season. So weird. Caitlyn's I think the producers were like, yeah, let's never do that again. The, uh, so how I got on a West single and really? I moved to Denver and I got this crazy, crazy breakup that wasn't like she was that any – worse to me than anything else but like I just I loved her a lot and so I came to Denver I was working a job walking through the hallways one day well actually let's start here so I was in Honduras flying back from Honduras I was on a flight from Houston to Denver my buddy's sitting next to me and this guy gets onto the plane and my buddy goes oh that's so-and-so from The Bachelor and I had watched The Bachelor but uh, I had watched it uh oh geez I'm gonna forget their names this is good (laughs) someone's season I I watched a couple seasons and (laughs) Go. Yeah. Long story short was, uh, I was like, oh, that's crazy. And my buddy goes, you should join The Bachelor. And I was like, I didn't really, and it hit me then like real people just do it. Like that's actually like normal, yeah. like everyday people do this show. So that was my first realization. And I'm, I'm typically a little slow. So that was like my first like aha moment. And then my second was two days later, I'm walk, walking through the hallways of my office. And one of the executives, she pulls me in. She's like, The Bachelor has casting calls in Denver today. Can I drive you down there? And I was like, that's crazy. Cause my buddy just told me to join the show. And she goes, okay, perfect. That's a sign. Let's go. And I said, I'm not doing a casting call. Not no chance. Yeah. That's painful. Painful. Um, and I, if you know me, I've, I've like pride, like a lot of pride, like it's a problem, but it's also like, I feel you. Yeah. I think I walk a thin line of giving up all of my pride so often that I have to protect a little bit of it personally. And so I was like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not going to fall into that. And she's like, okay, well, if if I sign you up and they call you, will you go through the rest of the process? And I said, I would. So she signed me up. A week later, I got a phone call from Los Angeles. We start the process out. It leads to months and months and months of conversation. It's like a crazy process, right? Crazy process. In the midst of that, I blew out my ACL. And so I had surgery because I was like, I'm not going to make this show. So I actually showed up to um, the very first casting weekend in Los Angeles on crutches a week after my surgery, <laughs> uh, which actually I think was a huge benefit to my to my. They're like, oh, we'll take the cripple. Yeah, we'll take the we'll take the poor guy. He needs love, and he has terrible <laughs> needs. So I uh, that's how it happened. And then I got on Caitlyn's season. I did vote for Caitlyn. It wasn't my first instinct. I thought Britt was going to be like my really? wife. I thought she fit me well. Um, huh. But Caitlin, when I sat down with her, was incredibly like engaged in conversation with me. Like mm. she complimented me. She told me some great things. And she was – and Britt didn't do that to me. She kind of acted yeah. like she would rather just not be sitting next to me. <laughs> and I just thought I'm going to – like, all right. Yeah. So um, I'm going to hedge my bets and vote for the person that showed the most interest. 
Yeah. I'm glad I did. I think Caitlin's incredible. Um, and I, I love getting to know her. So that was that. And then Caitlin and I's little, you know, journey took us to Ireland. I left Ireland and came back and became The Bachelor. And now I sit alone in the my office. Is history. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Okay. So as The Bachelor, you had to make, obviously, a ton of quick and hard decisions when it came to pursuing relationships with different women. I think that's such a thing for people in the dating singleness scene. Like, that's a hard... I mean, we're obviously not dating 25 people at the same time. Maybe people are. Who knows? But what would you say? Like, how did you go about discerning who was best for you? Who wasn't? Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I I I think I had some like very light um, kind of expectations. So one was I wanted somebody that was... um, that showed patience and kindness and you could just kind of have that like aura of peacefulness about them. I think the next was, uh, I was really excited to find somebody of like had a similar faith or at least not even a similar faith, because I think that's a, a cop out. I wanted somebody that could at least talk faith um, hmm. and, yeah. and talk God and, and wanted to talk like meanings of life. I was excited about finding somebody that would Maybe not necessarily believe everything I believe, but at least be able to engage with me in honest, open conversation. Because yeah. I, I guess in life, I I want to pursue truth and not just an idea. And so that was one thing. The what the last piece, which I could get on uh, uh, go down a route hole here, but <laughs> was just trusting my my instincts. Mm-hmm. Which for some reason, growing up in the church, I felt like trusting my personal instincts was a bad thing. Like it's a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I wasn't even really like confident in trusting my instincts. I was more just didn't know what else to do. And you don't have family, yeah. you don't have friends, you don't have contact with the outside world. And so you either have a bunch of producers who most of the time have your best interests in mind. I think all the time have your best interests in mind, but also have mm-hmm. their own interests in mind. And so when it came down to it, it was a ton of prayer. There's a ton of thought and I had to trust my instincts, which was really hard to do because I'd never done that in my life until mm-hmm. that moment because of my upbringing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. That's so good. What's the greatest lesson you learned from your time on Bachelor? Because you've been on multiple different things. So Yeah, I think the great, I mean, there's so many lessons. That's, I was going to say that. I think one of the best parts about being on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever, is you you have this time during the show where you talk about yourself and they only want you talking about yourself. The best thing you can do for the show is to talk about yourself and where you're at and what you're doing. And like in life, you don't get a lot of opportunities for that. And so you really have to start analyzing who you are, where you're at and what you really want because – you can't fake it. You're you're on television. There's a video camera yeah. around. So yeah, for me, I I think on the Bachelor, I've I've gone through and I've talked to Colton about this as he comes yeah. because he has concerns. You know, he's growing a lot right now. He's really just starting to find himself, and he's like, I you know, I don't know if this is the right time for me to meet somebody or not. And I would agree. I would say that it would be the perfect time to meet somebody because as you're open to growth. And you're growing, finding somebody that would come alongside you and grow with you mm-hmm. and you grow with them would be a beautiful thing. So there's stages for me. Bachelorette, I learned that I have insecurities that I had welled up and held down way deep. Um, mm. That I was never going to be the full version of myself because I was ashamed and scared to talk about my insecurities. And I never even knew I really wanted to talk about it. So I was unrelatable to the world because I had closed off to any weaknesses. Mm-hmm. The Bachelor, I learned that I'm not that bad, but I'm also not that great. I think a perspective of humanness and knowing that, mm. you know, when I, when I was asked to be The Bachelor, my very first reaction was, there's no way. Yes, I get why. I mean, it made sense and I expected it in a sense, but like, there is no way I can be a The Bachelor 
Like that doesn't yeah. compute. And <laughs> I met a bunch way. of dudes who had been the bachelor in the past. And I remember walking out of that time with him and saying, they're just people too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can do this. And so what I yeah. realized was that people are people no matter where they're at. And they're not that great, but they're not that bad. And we're just all trying, some trying mm-hmm. in different ways. And then on Winter Games, I learned that, you know, I think I wasn't exactly as ready for a relationship as maybe I wanted to be, but that I was ready to move forward. Yeah, which is huge. Huge. Absolutely massive. Yeah. So here's one of my biggest questions for you. And I feel like I would ask this of like anyone kind of in your position. You live a very public life. And I feel like a lot of people like coming into this, I know, I think I know so much more about you than clearly you know about me. How does that work for you life post-bachelor? Because obviously, unfortunately, things didn't work out the way you'd hoped. How does that, don't make me do that to you. I'm trying to be sensitive over here. How does that work for you in terms of, you know, you said you're ready to move on and date again and all of that. I mean, how do you figure out if people are in it for you personally? And I know one of your big fears is, I mean, maybe still feeling really unlovable. So kind of having that, I don't know, like how the heck do you know, are you here for me or are you here because I'm who I am? I get that question a lot. No, it makes sense. I feel like it's a hard question. So it must mean that it's something out. Like it must mean that it's something that exists. And I don't necessarily even recognize it. Mostly because it's pretty obvious to tell. And then also, I I mean, I think the best part would be when I do start to accept somebody into my life. And and that sounds one way. When they accept me also, they're going to walk into, you know, you know, the last couple of years I've been incredibly blessed with a lot of things, yeah, yeah, but but I hope to never overextend that and use that as my identity. And so they're going to walk into a really small house. You know, I have the same car I've had since high school. That might <laughs> change awesome. because my brakes are going out on it, and that's a whole new thing. About that time, yeah, it's about that time. But my point is, if like if you are dating me to have the luxuries that you think I like, my life brings, it's not going to happen. Yeah, um, that's awesome. So that's one buffer, I think, is, hey, I just like, I would love, I love to do that fun stuff. I love to go on a nice vacation and a good dinner to me is as cool as anything else. But the everyday life, it, it will never become my identity. At least I hope it doesn't. So that's one thing. Uh, you'll be gravely disappointed if, if you think that. <laughs> or really excited. Or really excited. Somebody could be really excited. Yeah. Which I think that'd be, that'd be your girl if she's excited about it. I agree. Um, also is, uh, I think you can tell in conversation, if you ask the right questions, what people's intentions are and what co- mm-hmm. questions they're asking you personally too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to get to know the person I'm dating really well on the first date. And I want to ask some questions that are pointed and to the point because nobody wants to waste each other's time. And typically you can pretty much find out like where the, somebody's heart's at. And you know what? I don't mind at all if somebody asks about The Bachelor. Actually, it's a huge part of my life. It would be weird if you yeah. didn't. It'd be odd if you just kind of glossed over it. But I think there's a like a, a way to approach that and just a way to to talk about it that's different than just, you know, trying to trying to figure out how you can promote yourself through dating me. Yeah. I haven't ran into that issue necessarily. I, I guess not also, yet. I haven't also dated much. Like at all. I was gonna say, are you, is it partly because you're yeah, started, I, just haven't, or? I haven't got out there at all. So spending time with myself, I don't give my, I know where my intentions lie. Well, and that's good. I feel like that's half the battle sometimes, you know? You seem like you're in a good headspace now versus I think it will. You know, yeah. so good. I'm just I'm curious. I don't know. I just feel like that would be such a tricky thing to navigate, but 
the, Again, the I feel like the part about that is the public. You said like it's a very public life. My life here yeah. in Denver is very, very simple. Um, and then all of a sudden, like I fly to LA usually once a week, and I, like I'm going to AMAs next week, and I'll put on a tux and I'll walk down a red carpet, and there'll be people taking pictures and whatever. And like my life has like I have to compartmentalize everything because now I'm sitting in my office that I built in my garage, walking to my house that doesn't have air conditioning to turn on the fans and it's 800 square foot. And then all of a sudden I'll fly on a plane to LA and walk over a carpet. And right. you're it, like, it's like a very weird life together. that I kind of like manage, but it's, it's working now. At first it was kind of these, like, I'd feel like I'm a different person one place and I am another place. Now it all feels like it all makes sense together. And generous as a company has helped that because it's going to give me a purpose to be everywhere other than just being myself. It's given me something to promote and talk about that has meaning behind it. So that it's not just, you know, me showing up to talk about my love life. Right. Because that's weird. (laughs) I just, at Joseph Beth, I was like, there are a hundred women here. I just, I felt awkward for you, but I was like, this is just his life now. Like maybe he's used to it. How'd I do? You were fantastic. When we went to meet, it was so weird. I normally don't get weird around people, but it was just like, this has been I watched him on TV and here he is, but I just, yeah, it's a weird thing, but no, it was fantastic. Cause I felt like you just brought it down to such a human level. If you're like, I'm just a dude that sells coffee, loves Lord and I'm doing the best I can. Oh, and I happen to be on this like ridiculous, really awesome television show. Oh yes. Also that. (laughs) that I did my, I did my goal. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, the funny part about this though, odd part and I don't know how to make sense of it so my goal is to bring down the room anytime like because people are super excited and they have this idea and they they get all worked up for this but I'm also and I'm but like I have a buddy who's on the show who doesn't like that he wants to keep Mm -hmm. the kind of persona to him and like keep the room nervous I feel like people leave that room with him more like nervous and like excited and like they view him as a celebrity where they view me as like somebody they would like have over to dinner. I, I think I'd rather yeah. I'd rather be me, but I also there's a huge benefit when it comes to kind of the way they operate. He operates his life, where people mm-hmm. give him more respect, almost like they feel like they can mm-hmm. criticize me. They can't criticize him because he walks on water. I just happen to believe that there's only one person that should be walking on water, and that, that's definitely not any of us. But yeah, I, my goal is, is to bring down the room because it just feels weird if people are are that nervous all the time. Right? Yeah, you did a great job of that. Trying our best. Um, well, speaking of, speaking of walking on water, we had a lot of people ask this when I was like, hey, on Instagram, I was like, what do you want me to ask Ben, people? A lot of people, because we live in the Bible Belt, and know, I mean, you've proclaimed it many times, like, how in the world did you hold tight to your faith and just stay true to stuff through all of this? And I would say still, I don't know. It's just such a funny culture. And so, I mean, there's obviously other believers in it as well, but was that hard? I, I think that's a, a little bit of a loaded question because here's the thing. As I told you a little bit earlier, I want to pursue truth wherever it exists. I don't want to live a life that's fake or false. And so when it comes down to me and my faith, it, it re- relies on the question of what is truth and what isn't. And so at some point, for some reason, there was some concrete way to prove that Jesus isn't who he said he was. Then I would have to follow that truth wherever that truth went. But fortunately, I've had real interactions with Jesus. I, mm. Jesus has not, Jesus has allowed me to get rid of a lot of my beliefs that I've had grown up and deconstruct those. He has never allowed me to get rid of himself. And so mm. 
because of that, I have to follow Jesus. I, I just have to. If, if it's what I believe yeah. is truth and it's what I believe is is something that is the purpose and the foundation of the life that we live, then I have to pursue that. I have to talk about it. I, I want to talk about it. Not for any other purpose other than the fact that I need people to know this is where I am and this is what I stand for. Alongside that, there's this, you know, moral, uh, I, I guess, compass that people expect from a Christian. And one that I understand, um, I grew up in Indiana. I know where people's values and where their moral uh, underlying lie. But I, I always was confused on what exactly sin is. And so... Even in, yeah. even when we ask the question, like, let's define sin, it's anything that offends God or there's anything that angers God or anything that separates them from God. Great answers. They're bogus. That makes no sense to me. Like, what exactly are you talking about? How, like, if that's, uh-huh. you know, if, if that, does that give me any definitive answer on what exactly sin is? It doesn't. And so what I started to ask myself, and it was based on a sermon by Andy Stanley is what is the wise thing to do? So sin to me and my moral compass comes down to what is the wise thing to do? Is it smart for me to have sex with everything that walks? No, it's not. It's it's not good. It doesn't, it's not healthy. It, it doesn't help make me a better person. It doesn't, it doesn't make the other yeah. people a better person. Is it healthy for me to go out on benders and binge my life away? No, it's not. I love a couple good bourbons as much as any other human. But I know that if I do that five days straight, I am not being the best version of myself and I'm not being the best version of pe- to people around me. So it's not smart to do. Is it smart for me to gossip and hate everybody that, that walks around me? No, it sucks. Like who wants to live life having to defend their their gossip all the time? It's not good. So what I started to realize was that Jesus was speaking of things a lot wiser and a lot bigger than any set of rules ever could be. Mm-hmm. And what he actually wanted for us was a life of uh, joy and fullness and not one that was restricted by these boundaries that we want to set. And so back to your original question, how do I do the bachelor and keep <laughs> to my faith? Well, it's simple. Jesus still existed if I did the bachelor or not. So that's one, that's one question, one answer. The other question is, I just tried to do this the best I could and asking myself the wise thing, did I mess up? And did I do things that probably weren't the smartest when it came to treating people a hundred percent? But I also knew that there was grace in that. I didn't want to take advantage of that grace, but I wanted to lean on that grace to say, I want to do better next time. I want to be better next time. So for me, it really wasn't ever an, an issue. Yeah. And finally, I mean, I just think it kind of, I kind of went into it with this mindset of, you know, we always want to think that we, we kind of live life sometimes as Christians thinking that darkness trumps light, but what if light trumps darkness? And so if you can bring your light into any darkness, maybe you'll shine a little brighter. And so the bachelor of me, even though it wasn't always dark, I have a lot of good friends still from the show and producers from the show. It says it's not this like super dark world all the time. Right, totally. But I, I knew that if I wanted to be the person I said I'd be, I'd be the same light I'd be in my everyday life as I would be on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Does that's that awesome. make sense? And I feel like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like you do a really good job of that. I feel like you, you are, you're a light. And I think that's why so many people adore you is because they're like, oh wait, Ben is different. And I think a lot of people may not be able to recognize, oh, that's Jesus within him. Like that's the light here. But I'm here to tell you it is. And it's obvious. And just be encouraged that you're doing a good job. Do the best thing. Um, <laughs> that's all we can do. Something I loved that you said when you were in Lexington, and for those that weren't there, so sorry, you missed out. But your heart for generous kind of came out of a place of, you said, what are you most angry about in the world? And what are you going to do about it? And I loved that. 
I felt like that put words to why we have passions and why we go for it. Talk to me. Talk to me about Generous. Talk to me about how it came to be. What gets you excited about it? In short, Generous existed uh, because of an organization that I truly believe in and I've seen the, the fruit being harvested from. And so this, my buddy started a nonprofit called Humanity and Hope United. The idea of it was that we would never give anybody anything, but we partner with them to help them fulfill their needs and their dreams by offering consulting help and, and some loans and some advice and just a lot of love. And it's working. There has been uh, some just insane stories come from just loving people well and not giving up on. But uh, community development is really expensive. And so Riley, who started Humanity and Hope United, and I were on a trip. And we had to find a way to sustainably fundraise and support the organization because asking people for money all the time was not sustainable. And it's terrible. So we came up with Generous International. Generous International is a company. It's a for-profit, for-purpose company that sells products in the developing world. We're best known for our coffee. And then we donate our revenue, 10% of our revenue to Humanity Hope United. And then 5% is discretionary up to the founders outside of that. That ends up being 100% of our profits. And the whole goal of Generous is to build this business that sells products, builds communities, uh, allows people to be a part of something a lot bigger than themselves, to fund and be the engine to support these nonprofits so they can do what they've always wanted to do, which is pursue the mission they went out to 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 fight. And so that comes down to the question of uh, you know the why to it. Uh, for me, we live in a world that is beautiful and and has so many great things about it. And and I know from my my faith and just from my my pull at my heart, people matter even when I don't want them to. People do matter, and and mm-hmm. I know that my my command is to love people well and to go after people well. And so for me, I knew that knowing that there's people existing in the world that were not able to have the ne- the necessary needs to function on a daily basis, or there's people in the world being mistreated and manipulated because of poverty. Or there's people in the world not able to drink clean water. I knew that angered me. It upset me. It just, it didn't make sense to me. It frustrated me. And and also really ruined the way I was living my life because I'd come back from these trips and I'd be so guilty and convicted that I wouldn't know how to function in the world that I was living in. And I was like, that's BS because I actually like the world I'm living in. Like, this is pretty good. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. be able to, to go out and buy a bottle of wine and drink it and not feel weird about it. Yeah. And so- yeah, yeah. These things angered me. They didn't make sense to me. I couldn't process them. And so my uh, my only response was, let's do something about it. And so we I, generous is now my calling. Fighting human injustice is is my purpose uh, in whatever avenue and way that fits. And so I'm just kind of allowing God to lead generous. And, and I'm just a body that gets to kind of ride the wave and make sure that from a human level, it all makes sense. I think another piece of generous, maybe the biggest piece, the, the why to it and the why that will exist mm-hmm. 20 years from now will be when I stand up in front of a group of people, Generous will hopefully be a force to be reckoned with. I hope it's just dominating. But that's not going to be that interesting for any 12-year-old to hear. What I want a 12-year-old to hear for the next, as long as I'm speaking about it, is mm-hmm. there's something in this world that God has put on your heart. And if you don't believe in God or not, there's something in this world that is on your heart that you hate, that you just don't like. It's something that you don't see as right. And so go and do something about it. Go and fight for something that matters to you. Because if not, we're just robots going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, man, how cool would it be if each one of us lived a life where we put our stake in the ground and said, I stood for this. Even if it's just one thing. I think we need to start standing for something because our lives do matter and they do have a purpose. And the beauty of that is when we start trusting that from my perspective, that God does exist and he did create each one of us. He also created each one of us with a purpose on purpose. 
And so when we start living out those purposes, I think the world would be a better place. And we shouldn't be scared to have a bunch of really passionate people going out to saying, I'm no longer okay with what. Yeah. So that's why generous exists. Take them to church, boy. Tell them. I love it. I yeah, also, that's amazing. I, I talk about it a lot. That, that It's something that I think, uh, I think God, is, I'm really passionate about because I think I'm, I feel really lucky that God has allowed me the place to speak on this kind of for a living. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah, it's kind that's of That's amazing. I'm such a believer of knock on every door you can. Like God's going to open and close them. You just got to be faithful to knock. And I feel like he has opened such a cool door for you. Yeah. We'll see how just, long it stays open. Hopefully a long time. You know, and when it closes, something else will open. It'll be sweet. It'll be awesome. Well, I want people to know about your new podcast, yes. Lady Bosses of Ben, which is amazing. So basically just tell people where they can find you, where they can listen to you, yeah, follow along with the with the crazy life of, of Ben Higgins. Yeah. So my name is Ben Higgins. Um, I operate and run a company called Generous International. You can find that at generouscoffee.com. Then I do two podcasts with iHeartRadio now. One is called Almost Famous. It's a pop culture podcast. It's on The Bachelor mostly. It's really fun. It's really fun. I love it. I love it. It's, uh, I feel like I'm hanging out with you and Ashley. I'm like, oh, hey, guys. It's really good. And it's only going to get better. I just started a new podcast called Lady Bosses and Ben, which is a podcast focused on highlighting women in leadership in whatever arena they're operating in. So it's it's more business focused, but it's also just kind of to break down these leaders in business that we've always heard of and known and, and get to really hear about who they are as people. It's something I really care about and I hope it works. Um, it's for so good. Multiple reasons. I really hope it works. I think it will yeah. humanize a lot of the leaders that we've listened to and allow us all hopefully to feel a little more, have feel like we have the ability to be leaders in our own kind of arenas. So listen to Lady Bosses and Ben on iHeartRadio and anywhere podcasts are able to be downloaded. You can also follow me on Mahogany Workplace, the blog that I write uh, with a couple of friends of mine. And it's mostly highlighting things that's going on in my life and ways that I've learned and failed and also succeeded. Just kind of breaks down who who I am and what my life's about and who, who I am with my friends and who my friends are as people as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's a helpful podcast or a helpful blog because the purpose of it is so people read it and not feel alone. So they read it and they go, oh, they're struggling with that also. Oh, they've been there also. Um, it's to be as transparent as humanly possible in, in all avenues. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the, the personal things that are I'm, I'm attached to. They'll hopefully be more as time goes, but you can you can definitely follow me more on those things. Also, you know, social media, probably my weakest area, but uh, one that is important uh, because Generous doesn't, you know, one thing that's forgotten, Generous doesn't pay me and, and I don't know if it ever will. And so I make my income through iHeart and through the brands that I support on social media. So those, it's important for me, for anybody out there listening to follow me on social because it's the way Generous really can continue to exist and have mm-hmm. somebody operating it without taking a paycheck. So yeah, perfect. Well, Ben, thank you so much. This was so fun. Our girls are going to pass out that this conversation even happened, but it was awesome. We'll tell your girls to go to generouscoffee.com. That's the way they can say (laughs) thank you. Okay? Exactly. Go buy all the coffee. I have some in my kitchen where apparently a ghost lives. So It's good coffee, right? It's really good coffee. It's it's great coffee. It's so good. Well, hey, thank you so much. No, thank you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. 
So there you have it, guys. <laughs> the much-anticipated conversation with Ben. And wasn't it awesome? He is just such a great guy, you all. I am such a fan of him. I was a fan of him on the show. I felt like he was one of just one of the more like steady, solid bachelors that they've had on the show and loved him then. And then I just, it was such a treat to get to have this conversation with him and hear his heart for all the things he does and that God's doing in his life. So thank you again, Ben, for coming on the show. I joked with him. I was like, you, you just like had blind faith saying yes to this interview. I was like, you have really nothing to gain from this, but thank you. And he was like, yeah, of course. But we actually do have something to gain, not Ben exactly himself, but we are partnering with Humanity and Hope United to do a fundraiser for the rest of December. They are working really, really, really hard to raise funds to save what's called the Grand Farm. The Grand Farm is literally a field of dreams <laughs> consisting of 30 acres of land within the village of La Carosa. With 126 individuals in this community, the Grand Farm offers opportunities such as jobs for the men and women, which leads to better education and health care for their children in addition to meeting all their family's basic needs. So today the community has three businesses within the Grand Farm, beans, corn, and plantains, but they have dreams and the Humanity and Hope team have experts who want to help them build the best cow business in the country that will employ more men while also farming part of the land with crops to provide a continuous source of income. So how can we help? What are we doing to partner with them? We, as well as Humanity Hope United, want to invite you to take action and help La Carosa purchase the Graham Farm so that we can continue to grow and dream big with them. They've seen and tasted the fruit of their labor and we can't watch that get taken away from them. So together with Humanity and Hope United, we want to unite and choose to fight for their dreams. So please consider helping us by being a part of our fundraiser. The easiest way for you to be a part of this is to simply go to twirlboutique.com backslash podcast. On that page, you will find you'll find all of the podcast information for the last several episodes we've had, but you'll also see a lot of information pertaining to this episode specifically and our fundraising page for the Grand Farm. Guys, we are so, so excited. We as Twirl are going to raise funds and give some of our profits from the month of December to this fundraiser, but we also would love, 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 love for you, our listener, to be a part of this with us. If you can donate even just $5, just don't get a Starbucks. Actually, we're not gonna drink Starbucks anymore. We're only gonna drink generous coffee, right people? Yes, the answer is yes to that. But I'm saying, think about what you maybe don't go out to eat this week or something. If you can donate anywhere from five, 10, 15, 20 or more dollars to this fundraising, you get to be a part of changing the lives and legacies of people in Honduras. Guys, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. And I am so deeply moved by the work that Humanity and Hope is doing to provide a livelihood for these people. They're underserved, under-resourced. They just, they, they don't have the means to create a flourishing life for themselves. And by partnering together, we can help be the hands and feet of Jesus to these people, to provide them a means to create a life full of joy and abundance. And is there anything better than that? 
especially now in the holiday spirit, guys, let's be givers of the good gifts that we have been given so that we can bless other people. So please, we would love it so much if you would partner with us as we fundraise. Our goal is is $1,000, but I truly believe that we can raise above and beyond that between what we're going to be able to give from Twirl and what you as our listeners and the Twirl Talk family can give. I Guys, I think we can just like explode that out of the water. So I would love, again, I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face for you to partner with us. We're going to be talking about this and pushing this fundraiser all month long, but will you please take the time to consider and pray about being a part of this with us? You are being a part of something bigger than yourself, and that's a beautiful thing. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. So help us save this field of dreams, the Grand Farm in La Perosa, Honduras, and be a part of, of what's going on there. Be a part of, if you were moved and encouraged by our conversation with Ben today, be a part of what he is putting his stake in the ground to fight against, to fight against injustices in this world. Be a part of that, I think. This is one of those things that you can give to and you're never going to We love you guys so much, as I tell you every single week. If you love what you heard this week, would you please, please, please leave a five-star rating and a kind review on iTunes so other people can know to find us and be a part of what we're doing here. And if you want to follow along with shenanigans and twirl, our Instagram is at twirlex or at twirltalkpodcast. And like I said, you can go to our website, twirlboutique.com slash podcast to get all of the show notes and information that we have talked about in today's episode. And again, follow along with Ben. He's an incredible guy and I'm so grateful that he was a guest on the show. He is on Instagram at Higgins.Ben and all of his podcast and blog and businesses are all over that. So follow along with him. Ben, if you listen to this, thank you so, so, so much for being a part of Troll Talk Podcast. You're the first dude on the show and you did it well. <laughs> Guys, we love you. Please, please, please join our fundraising efforts with Humanity and Hope United to save Grand Farm and have a fantastic day. We love you guys.